Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Alani and I'm your host. This is episode 22 and this week I sat down with Meitan. Meitan is based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. She's a next-gen and she has a really interesting background. So she works in her family business that was founded by her father and she also has her own businesses. She is a huge champion for entrepreneurship, incubating new businesses in the, in the family business, innovation, and also in grooming the next generation, both in the family and outside of the family, i.e. non-family staff. So I went into this conversation with an expectation to learn about entrepreneurship. She will shed more light on that in this episode about technology and innovation, but I left with so much more. We kept coming back to empathy and its importance and applicability in our world, our families and businesses. I don't want to spoil it for you, so check out this episode. Thank you. Hi, May. How are you doing today? Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, thanks, thanks for having me today. Yeah. Welcome. Appreciate welcome that. to the Connected Generation. It's great to have you on board. Um, so for everyone, can you just introduce yourself and just tell your story? Uh, hi, I'm uh, May Tan. I'm actually from Penang, Malaysia. So um, I... I run my family business and property development and also in uh, timber manufacturing uh, trading as well. So, uh, yeah, I was um, in, you know, I, I was in the state for about seven years and then moved back to Penang, Malaysia uh, about 10 years ago. So, yeah, I've been uh, helping out the family business and also have my own uh, business on the side. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you juggle those balls? <laughs> um, running your business, being in the family business as well as, yeah, how do you, how do you juggle those balls? Actually, a lot of people ask me the same thing. Uh, well, I think um, it's always, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to have a, you know, a better system. So even though I'm not there, all the time, it can actually you know, run by itself. Uh, so I always rely a bit more on the technology. So in terms of efficiency, in terms of how I can actually manage. And, and now, you know, we all sort of work from home, you know, this kind of concept, you know, which align with what I can foresee is that, you know, a, a lot of all this, um, you know, uh, companies and businesses uh, or daily operation, we actually can work you know using technology so um so from my family business side um you know i only go in for you know some quick meetings uh weekly meetings or if i there's problem to be solved but if not you know i try not to like you know, you know like micromanage everything so i try to um you know also encourage and embrace new generation of uh, those new uh, new new leaders in the fa- uh, in the business so, um, so this way I don't have to be 24 hours being there and cause it's, it has its own, uh, quite nice foundation already from the very beginning. Right. Uh, well, my own business sort of new, 
that's where I have to get involved a bit more, you know, so I, I need to um, be there a, a bit more. And, but my need, new, uh, this own business, we just transitioned to actually more on online platform now. So less the physical as well. So more on in, in front of computers, um, you know, to, to get things done. So I think um, it's, it's just how I search sort of managing using technology, you know, uh, have a better system, and also, also, you know, training the new uh, team and, and the leaders so um, I can juggle with both. Yeah. Yeah, because for a lot of next gen that are in existing family businesses and their parents' businesses, it's a dream to be able to have their own as well and juggle mm. the balls. And the question I'm often asked is how, how can we do both at the same time? And you're an example that it is very possible to do both. It's with technology and um, with good planning, really. Yeah. I mean, no doubt it is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one, when you have your own business and then you, you can realize, uh, you know, like it, the, the whole idea of a uh, true entrepreneurship, right? Because uh, having family business, I think there are still a little missing of, of that journey. Yeah. Then, then, you know, one part is for your, your vision, your passion, you know, for your own business. And I think found business is more of, you know, um, more like for me, it's more like a, something I really have to do. Like it's, it's for families, responsibility. So, you know, to balance my, my heart, my, my inner soul, I feel like I have to do both. So to balance, you know, something I love and have vision on, something I have to do. Yeah. I think that's so apt. And I really relate to what you're saying is one without the other for me wouldn't make sense. Mm. Right. Um, there's almost like, I want to carry on the legacy of the existing yeah. family business, but I want to be true to me and what my passions are. Cause we all have those individual passions in our hearts. I mean, Mm. I think it's our responsibility to go after them so we can live that full life, right? Yeah. So when you, when you um, after um, college and you move back to Malaysia, um, did you face any challenges integrating into the family business? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the, the culturally is, is already pretty different, you know, from Malaysia to, you know, uh, the, the States and then, Moving back, you know, I've been uh, the state for, you know, seven years uh, and I, I, I went to school there. So there's a lot of culture that sort of shaped and changed me. And when I first came back and, you know, there's many conflict, you know, with the culture here, uh, with the, you know, the, the family, uh, you know, founders, you know, like, like, like my dad. So um, and, and in the state or the Western, you know, world, there's a lot more of, uh, I think, I guess it's more open for new ideas. So uh, moving back, uh, giving a new ideas is sort of like a, I'm, I'm here to disrupt or change people, you know, change, change the norm. And a lot of people can't really used to it, you know, and of course reject most of the time, especially, you know, the, 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 the first uh, founder or the first gen. And that was very difficult. Uh, took me some time to how to work with, you know, people here, 
you know, uh, in, in terms of the employees, uh, uh, you know, my first founder, like my dad, or even, you know, the, uh, you know, business partners and, and all these people, uh, because culture app to sort of fit in at the same time, I don't want to be fit in, you know, so mm. I, I'm sort of uh, figuring out my way to, to get the message across at the same time, you know, um, uh, trying to stay true to where I come from. So yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the journey of trying to figuring out how to deal with this, uh, all, all the conflict and differences. And at the same time, how can I deliver my, you know, proposal, my ideas so that they can accept. I, I have to look at things from their perspective, you know, instead of my own perspective that, oh, you know, I, I see things in, in the U.S., they're doing this, doing that, but it might not actually work back home. So how can I implement something that they have and to fit in back to the culture here? Yeah, so that's, that's something I learned. It's so funny that, you know, your story is so similar to a lot of next gens over here in Africa. It's a similar phenomenon. Um, a lot of next gens would have gone to university in the US or the UK, worked abroad, mm -hmm. and inspired by what those experiences yeah. they had there and want to bring that back home. But there's this cultural misfit. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, no, there's a lot of wisdom in what you've just said and how it was you adjusted and integrating back into the family business. Mm. And so you then set up your own company and the, um, and what does that company do? Uh, actually, I, I actually started two different companies. So uh, one of them, uh, I started a, a co-working space and an incubator program. So where I can, you know, um, I try to help new, uh, look into new startup or invest into new startup and, you know, uh, create new talents, you know, during, uh, you know, uh, this, in this co-working space and, and the incubator program. Um, but then, you know, I find that space uh, has a lot of potential in, in up and coming startup technology innovation, but but those, you know, new technology or new innovation is missing uh, in other parts, which is people who use it or people who are willing to look into it or invest into it, right? So then I, I also started my, uh, this Innovative Plus platform, mainly for, you know, the next gen uh, family business uh, in Asia so that uh, they can first start looking to new innovative solution at the same time, if they like to invest in those, they can also go through, you know, my, this uh, co-working platform. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. How long have you been doing um, those two um, businesses for? For the co-working space, uh, it's called Scoopoint. Uh, it's been about three years plus. Um, and we just recently, um, you know, sort of have to uh, pivot that physical co-working space into more online platform. So, uh, you know, to, to get uh, more of these startups to uh, be involved and also the creatives and, and the young entrepreneur uh, to be in this space. Because as we all know, physical space is a bit challenging at the moment. So um, we are transforming or mo moving forward uh, with online platform. 
And for the innovative class, we started about uh, near to two years now. Yeah. Great. And um, you participated in AFF's FB21, and you were speaking mm -hmm. a lot about entrepreneurship, which you're quite passionate about. So for those that don't understand what that is, can you break it down, you know, explain what it is and how you see entrepreneurship playing out in family businesses? Yeah, because um, I, I always believe like, you know, we, we would never understand entrepreneur until we have the experience of it. So sometimes when we're in fan business, right, we are very hard to get away from it, from, you know, from all sort of responsibility and, and uh, you know, the, that, that position that we've been put in. So we technically not really an entrepreneur being in the fan business, but in order to, to have the experience, so that, you know, I believe in intrapreneurship, which is, you know, the act of behaving like an entrepreneur while working with inside a company. So, uh, so to me, it's very important to, to for family business or, or next gen like us so that we have the experience in, in entrepreneurship. So we can set up, uh, you know, sub, uh, uh, like a subdivision in the family, uh, the company. So it allows us to lead a team or lead a new generation, you know, um, you know, team where we can focus a bit more of innovation or focus a bit more on what is related to the family business, but not uh, risking all of our, you know, family businesses or, or asset um, when we do that, because it's only a small little sub, you know, a company. Right. So uh, this way, then we can allow us to experience, you know, being being an entrepreneur, but is part of the entire system or is part of the entire family business. So this way we can uh, learn to test it. We can uh, learn from the journey being an entrepreneur without hurting our main business. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you said something that, you know, we need to learn how to be entrepreneurs firsthand. Because I think as next gens, you can almost feel like you're an entrepreneur by association. <laughs> you know, like you feel like the pseudo entrepreneur because your, your father's a founder and you've been walking around yeah. and watching him or her, not, let's not be gender, um, <laughs> um, watching him or her taking decisions and you feel like you're the right-hand man and so you think you know it and understand it, but it's really until mm. you're thrown out there and you're, you have to then be the sole leader and you bear that emotional burden and it's like, oh, this is real. Because I remember when I first started my practice and I was like, but I thought I'd been so used to being an entrepreneur because... I've been the next gen in our family businesses and I co-founded a couple of companies with my husband, but it was so different when I was on my own. It was like, Ooh, this is a lot scarier than, yeah. <laughs> than when I'm with other people. Um, yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, you know, and, and that's how I really felt uh, when I, you know, when, when I actually have the team and, and you know the the tight cash flow, and you have to watch your financial. You have to think of way to come up with marketing, sales, you know all this thing, and and then how to create SOP and management of people, and that comes is a lot more than uh, be, being the right hand man, you know, because mm -hmm. your business, your vision will fail, um, 
if, if you don't really take care of it. And, and I, before that, I, I, I did not really understand, you know, why my dad is always so careful or so pissed about, you know, when, when we make this kind of mistake and not watching carefully on, on the cash flow. And I never really, you know, care, like take into his perspective because on my point of view, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you know. Um, but then when I have my own business, then I realize, okay, now I understand why, why he's talking about cash flow. Okay, why, why he's so picky about all these things, you know, why he, he able to manage the people this way so people can move and, and how to direct and be leader to lead your team into the vision that you have and to let your team to share the same vision with you. And all this thing is like, you know, um, very different from being a right-hand man to, you know, ha having the journey or the experience being an, an entrepreneur. Yeah. 100%. And actually now you having, you know, experienced it firsthand, has that experience helped you in your position in the existing family business? Yeah, well, it definitely helped me in terms of uh, when I now see things in my family business, I can actually relate a lot more. And I guess I can able to communicate better with, with my, you know, first, uh, first generation, my father, um, than before. You know, now, now you know, I, I understand, okay, what are the importance of this and that? How can we avoid, you know, things that I would never thought before? So, uh, in terms of the vision, we can slightly align a bit more and also understanding, oh, why he's doing that, you know? So uh, that, that actually helps us uh, to, to able to communicate lots more better because I understand him now, you know? Um, so, and I think secondly is that, you know, uh, something I also learned that we, we, we cannot take 100% of uh, the family business into our hand at this moment because to be honest we are not um, you know the uh, the end the entrepreneur of the family business mm. and no matter what the vision of of the family business is still under you know the the main guy which is you know for for me is my father so mm. if I have my vision that don't align quite with him then there's come the conflict because then I will feel like it's my own business. It's like, oh, my family is mine. And he's feeling his family is his, right? The, the business. So, but one, one company, you cannot have two leaders. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that's what I learned. I can understand him, but I cannot be him. To me, he, he is still the boss, right? So uh, at this point of time, I'm just doing my best to, to understand him. Or like I say, if you, if you able to create a sub, you know, a sub line or sub small company or a small division under your care and you can drive your vision over there, but not on this, you know, big company of the families that you're trying to be the boss because the boss is still here. The boss is still have his own vision. You know, just, just like if, when I have my own baby, my, my own, uh, you know, uh, business, I drive my own vision, right? I own business. I cannot have someone else to come in to drive my vision. Then, then there come the conflict. Yeah. 
There's so much wisdom in what you said there about then there can only be one captain of the ship, as is yeah. often said. And so as you know, you're leading this entrepreneurial venture under the family business umbrella, like how mm. what challenges do you face in that? Do you really have a free hand? Um, does how do you delineate, you know? your baby your jurisdiction from that of the existing family business just you know how do you deal with that well when we first uh i came up with the idea having a a, a so-called you know sub uh so-called like a you know sub business on the site um it, it was tough to to even convince him right um but then uh, I guess the way how I do it is I always start first and then talk to him later. I always, I think in, for us, um, of course, you know, our parents, uh, they are more of the re- result driven. So I said something, I show him some result and then they're slightly convinced. And then I, I would, and then only I add on into, you know, how this going to help in terms of bigger you know, um, business or bigger vision of you, of him. Well, I'm driving this small vision of mine on the side. You know how this relate to the main business, and and how this are important. Um, so I I think it took me a while to convince him. And uh, in terms of full hand, uh, at the very beginning, no. You know, he still like try to watch over uh, things I do. Did I? simply spend money, you know, without waste anything, you know, so he, and he don't quite understand what was I was doing anyway. But over the time, I think uh, the thing with technology I like is that because it's something they don't use to, it's something they have zero knowledge. So they don't have much comment. They, they can micromanage you because it's something they have zero experience with. But if you're talking about uh, the main business, they have all sort of experiences that they have been through. So they will always tell you, oh, I've been through that. So I tell you, uh, don't try it, you know, uh, listen to me kind of thing. Um, but when it comes to new thing, they really have no idea. So as long as you show them a result, then they're like, uh, okay, I, I guess it works. They won't go in and tell you, asking about all the details about all these things because they have zero ideas about it. Yeah. That's so true. And that brings me on to what I wanted to discuss next, which is COVID, right? Yeah. How has that impacted? Because I know you mentor next gens um, mm-hmm. through the innovative platform. How, how has COVID, have you seen that next gens are seeing more responsibility? playing out within your circle. Yeah, yeah well, I think actually uh, ma- many of us see convict as, a, I mean, you know, there's always, you know, uh, I guess there's always, uh, you know, so, uh, all this silver lining within all this pandemic, right? So uh, I think most of us see it as more the positive thing, as in actually it push forward a lot of all this, uh, you know, technology or, or things that we want to do online that able to show them that it's important now, you know? Yeah. So I, I do have one um, member from, uh, from our, our uh, platform that they, uh, you know, they have been planning for this uh, online, you know, selling e-commerce cause they, they do doing manufacturing, 
all this while they only do B2B, right? It's, it's like very traditional way of doing business for, 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 for manufacturing, uh, for them, it's, uh, this, uh, this new, uh, this furniture. So now instead of just doing B2B, uh, so he is able to propose his idea going into B2C where he, you know, actually create a catalog products, everything and online and sell it online. And then he, he able to show to, to his, you know, um, like first founder that there are sales coming in and things are slowly moving in, uh, you know, so that's where he, he to him is was super positive. And this is always mm. what he wanted to move forward with, but has been turned down for many times. So I think with this convict, right, uh, this crisis actually um, led the older generation to start to understand the importance of technology, the importance of online. And, and so they, they, they suddenly like, okay, with us going into this kind of thing, you know? So, and from my side, uh, I, I went in and did my proposal on, you know, doing a presentation online, uh, on, online marketing, online booking for our, our property. And at first he was also not too comfortable, but then he also realized now almost everyone, including himself, start watching YouTube, Facebook, which he never actually did before. So, you know, older generation, they start to explore and be you know, able to interact with all this uh, online social medias, and then they realize the importance of it. And they also realize things are changed. And if they don't change now, it's going to be difficult for them to, to sustain the business. And, um, but the older generation know there will not be the person who lead the change. It will have to be the next gen who are more tech savvy or who understand all this thing a bit better than them. And so then here we are, you know, as the next gen, you know, we, we are the agent of change now. And with this convict, it's pushed even forward, you know, the idea of, of the change and innovation. Yeah. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. And that's the similar phenomenon and pattern I'm seeing over here um, in Nigeria. And COVID has been a huge disruptor and completely changed the industry, market opportunities, the economy. It's almost like we're all beginners, even the founders. We're all having to relearn, you know, yeah. how to navigate our businesses because not only are we having to relearn, we're having to relearn all the time because things are changing so much and there's so much uncertainty. So yeah, like you said, the silver lining is for the longest time, a lot of next gens were grumbling about not having enough responsibilities. Now this is our hour. So I completely agree with you. And, and on that, what kind of challenges are you seeing next gens within your circle in, um, facing as a result of COVID? I think, um, well, there are definitely challenges for all, all sort of businesses, unless you are in, uh, you know, uh, all this, uh, all this uh, more of the healthcare or, or online services. Um, but most of the next gen are in more of a traditional type of business. So most of us definitely, uh, you know, affected and 
And I, I think the challenge of uh, also convince and also train our employees to actually become able to work from home, right? To able to perform, uh, you know, using technology uh, is, and then to let them study and in going through training of all the online and you know all this technology to to change and that that really challenge and take some time to do so uh, but to me that is a short-term challenges once you know we're able to train our employees to to move on into that then the rest of it will, will start to come in you know quite quite quickly um, and I think next it would be uh, you know to, to actually sort of um, stuck in between uh, the, you know, of course, uh, traditional, uh, I mean, our, our, you know, older generation, they have been through all this kind of crisis. So, and they are looking into uh, cost cutting. So most people are, you know, especially bigger, bigger the company, they are looking at more, you know, um, uh, sort of, uh, sort of letting people go, like laying off people. Yeah. So we are, we are seeing that. And, and this is where we come in in between uh, where we are still thinking, okay, we need to look, in, look into long-term, right? Into how can we uh, keep some of the talent people, you know, because you, you cutting costs could be a, a short term. So, but you're losing certain talents. So how can we balance both? You know, to not, you know, just like if you're just letting everyone go, then who's going to drive for the future? You know, like not that we, we're going to do it all, ourselves for everything. So we have yeah. to um, balance this part where between for my dad and myself, uh, you know, we have this sort of disagreement, um, you know, for him. It's just like, oh, it's, it's bad time. Let's just cut everyone, you know. So. For me, I'm trying to look into, okay, um, there are certain people I, I do want to keep. I cannot cut everyone. And, and at the same time, you know, uh, we also have to be more, you know, I, I, I guess um, uh, more empathy or compassion yeah. to these people. It's a difficult time. And if we can, you know, it's not that uh, with these few people, our business is going to fail or, or we, we're going to end our business right away. We have built the foundation. We have the wealth that has been built over the times. So we actually can afford that. So it's all about balance. I understand from a business point of view, we do want to cut certain costs, but not too, too all full force on it. You know, it, it will definitely hurt our branding. It will hurt our future development of the business. So this is, to me, it's a short period of time. Um, but we should look into long-term, yeah. I agree, I completely agree. And um, you mentioned empathy and compassion. You've mentioned it several times um, throughout this um, conversation and with Black Lives Matter and all the clamoring all over the world for more um, social equality. You know, it's clear that we need more empathy in the world mm. and more compassion, right? And in our worlds, in family businesses, the gulf between older gen and next gen, we need to also demonstrate more empathy. Do you have any tips for next gens and how they can 
um, learn to be more empathetic? I think um, what I, I would say that to learn to be more empathetic, I think is actually coming from, we, we first, I think we have to stand from someone else's point of view. You know, we, we can't just stand on our point of view. If you have that, then it's very hard to have the empathy towards someone else. Um, but of course, you know, it's always about the balance between be, being very rational at the same time being, you know, very, you know, soft-hearted, right? So uh, being empathy doesn't mean you, you're going to be take advantage of, you know, it's just, you know, you just trying to uh, have the heart for someone else and understanding where they're coming from and understanding their point of view. So then, you know, lessen the conflict at the same time, what can we do to help I think at this point of time, uh, you know, like, like for, for example, you know, um, you know, the, the whole thing in, in, in the States, right. Um, mm -hmm. with, with the current situation and, and, and all the riot and things are happening, you know, everyone is only looking into, you know, like Facebook and social media for the point of view, but they never really understand why these people are fighting for Mm. You know, yeah, everyone say, oh, it's convict now. You know, what are these people doing? Uh, yeah, it's easy to say so. But sometimes, you know, we are not in their shoes to, to say things like that. And, uh, that. That's how I feel. And I think, like I say, you know, more people is going to be jobless. So how can we be part of it and actually help the economy? How can we help the society? And, you know, to, because everything is linked in, in my point of view. So when more jobless economy is bad, you're going to affect your business as well. So it actually go back to the entire link, you know, so you cannot be like, oh, jobless thing is not my problem. It's actually, it's part of the entire world and the society problem is going to affect your business as well. When people have no job, no one going to spend and your business definitely not moving. Economy is not going to be moved forward as well. So, so when that's how I see we have to stand from, you know, uh, the perspective of others and then realizing how can we do a bit more to help, you know, um, you know, so that's how I see what, where you actually can grow the entire, you know, all this uh, com community together and just by actually helping each other um, also inspire, you know, each other as well. Yeah. It's beautiful. In Africa, um, down in Southern Africa, they have a saying called Ubuntu. And Ubuntu basically refers to the fact that we all, all of humanity, were connected. Yeah. Um, I am because we are. Um, and what you're saying essentially is we should care for the next person because ultimately we're caring for ourselves. I think that's been the lesson of first the coronavirus. You know, um, it wasn't just a problem in China. It eventually, because we didn't care and address the problem in China, it came to all of our doorsteps. Yeah. And same with Black Lives Matter. It wasn't just a problem for the Black community. Because yeah. we didn't address their injustices, it came to all of our doorsteps. And similarly, what you're saying with in the family businesses is, you know, um, we shouldn't just think about protecting ourselves, cutting all the costs, because eventually it may come back to us. And I just think that's so beautiful. You also said um, being empathetic doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be taken advantage of. Mm. 
that's so beautiful because vulnerability is actually strength at the yes. end of the day. But a lot of people feel very uncomfortable getting vulnerable because like the need to protect ourselves through, yes. Thank you so much, May. It's been awesome having you here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for her, having me, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to catch up. And also, yeah. you know, um, I always love to share, you know, and, and to discuss further because I always believe in, you know, the more we share and inspire, you know, people. So uh, we, we actually gain something back as well. Sorry, yes. that's my mom. She's so. fine. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, as we'll be doing this, hopefully we'll have you again back on the podcast. And um, yeah, so take care of yourself. Right, and we'll you chat too. Thanks. Bye, thank you. Wow, that was amazing. I love, love, love possibilities. And I love how May has unveiled this whole new world of entrepreneurship, positioning next gens as agents of change, you know, giving them a structure and a role to lead in incubating projects that may be more technology-heavy online, giving the opportunity to test leadership, develop entrepreneurial contributions. And in Professor Dennis Jaffe's study, he discovered that a lot of the family businesses that endured for over 100 years, they had each generation had new entrepreneurial contributions. So this is really, really important. Um, I also love her bringing up empathy. It's so important in this hour. And Ubuntu, I am because we are. May we not forget that there is a bond that connects us all in our businesses, in our families, and in our world. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and take care. God bless you.